Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash presale to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. Welcome to the PP1 podcast. <laughs> Remember the two big shows that that came out that year? I'm that hosting. And Here comes the rocket from center. Crosses the blue line. Moves it out goal. Shoots, he scores. Hendrick scores. Hendrick Sedin on the power play, and it's 3-0. Tries a rush, and he scores. Quinn Hughes with his second of the afternoon. It was the power play which ended up costing the Vancouver Canucks. Elias Pettersson gives the Vancouver Canucks a power play goal and a 2-1 lead. It's an eight-game point streak for Brock Besser. And the Canucks have scored on their last three power plays. It's 4-0. We're talking about ABC's loss? ABC's loss on Amazon Prime, which Brady has just figured out is very cool. <laughs> it, it's real. Welcome, and it's free. Welcome to everyone else's life. <laughs> Welcome to the PP1 Podcast. For this week, it's episode 24. Can't believe we've made it to 24 episodes. The yeah. Kobe Bryant episode. The Kobe Bryant episode. Sure, let's call it that. Welcome, everybody. Wait, this is hockey. This is hockey, so we're going to have to find another number that's decent at number 24. Well, it might take an hour to figure Reed it Boucher? out. Matt Cook. Matt Cook. He was okay. Yeah. He was okay. Do you remember when he had a delay of game penalty for shooting it over the other net? Wasn't that Sammy Salo? From his own red, yeah. from behind his own net, he shot it. I don't remember that, but I remember net. Sammy Salo did that. I remember that. I remember Brian Allen getting that penalty too. Shot it That's from behind his own goal line. man. <laughs> so I'm hosting this week. So you guys obviously like respect, okay? Um, I'm with uh, with my boys at the PP1 podcast. We got Brayden Ursel. He's uh, he's some uh, site supervisor for the Canuck. Well, you might have heard of him. Kind of a big deal. Um, he also started a new podcast, the yep. OrcaPod. It's getting Great name. it's Great getting name. rave reviews from raves, um, d- glow sticks not included. All the ravers love it. It's it's massive. It's huge in the EDM markets, not Edmonton though. Yeah, I pitched the name to this pod back in the day, but it got shot down. So it didn't get shot down. We we we. Had already decided on the name. We decided the 11th it was... the 11th hour, you were like, I got a new name. It was, was like, like, future considerations. Oh, come on, you guys. The and Orca just, Pod? Let's pick something. That's a great name. Orca Pod was and, a great name. And also, it is um, a great name. Ted Wong, who uh, is hot for pepper. Yeah. Yeah, I love the chili peppers. Welcome back, boys. That's, that's not what this is about. It's about the fact that I was cutting hot peppers one day. And I touched an area that I shouldn't have touched. And then well, that's probably where I'm just going to leave it. Right there. You ever touch your uh, eyes your, or your nose, you rub your nose? Yeah. It was just significantly worse e- than that. Equally painful that. and more embarrassing. So, yeah. um, guys, it's the good to be... Hats. Yeah. Oh, all right. There you go. So, <laughs> good to be back. Um, lots happened, actually, in a week that not necessarily a lot has taken place. There hasn't been really a ton of games. What's happened, Ryan? Um, What's happened? Uh, hello? <laughs> maybe, maybe it was more of what didn't happen that 
worked out to be a good thing. That's true. Yeah. Um, obviously, Tyler Defoley is a Vancouver Canuck. Defoley. I was kind of uh, I was kind of iffy on him. I wasn't sure how the Canucks fan base would be um, receptive to him after you know the hit with Burroughs, and I thought maybe there's still some bad blood. Um, but he's obviously been a huge addition to this team, and if they do make the playoffs, I'm really excited to see what him and JT Miller are going to do. Um, we will also touch on uh, some guy named uh, Jacob Markstrom, who unfortunately was injured in the absolute wash of the Boston Bruins, which was a phenomenal game to watch if you did see it. Um, so Thatcher Demko is going to be uh, the talk of the town for the foreseeable future. The Canucks also made a trade for Louis Damain. Viva Damain! And he will be uh, the backup uh, for our boy Demko. Um, we didn't make any other trades, which was kind of awesome. So, you know, choice. You know what we did do? We beat down those <clears throat> Boston Bruins it was nine great. to three. It was great. It was absolutely great. And anybody that says different or otherwise is stupid. It was actually pretty funny. I was I was tweeting with uh, the other side expert of the Canuck Way, Alex, and uh, he, I, we all here, the three of us here, we hate the Bruins. But he hates the Bruins, right? And he's watching. He's watching. He's watching the game. Watching the game. He's like, "Oh my God! You know, Canucks keep playing like this. They're 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 screwed. They're never going to win." Blah blah blah. Then next thing you know, it's like nine to three for the Canucks. Yeah. Just, we, the whole chat group's just on Alex's ass. We won ten. We won ten. <laughs> yeah. But before that, oh, man, and this isn't this isn't Canucks related, but. Um, I felt a lot of us somehow ended up watching this game, even though most of us don't watch the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yep. Saturday night was a special night in hockey history. Definitely. If you ended up watching the Maple Leafs Hurricanes, because obviously that's must-see TV, um, you just like thought, you know what? I, I need a primer for this Canucks game. Like I need to get my mind right for what's about to take take place. And then out of nowhere, one of the greatest stories in hockey history takes place and we'll get into that as well it was the it was the chris levesque that was but it, it it was like there will it's it's too great so anyway we will get into that but uh basically welcome and uh let's dive into it boys um i guess the first thing uh we kind of want well, where's ted you're throwing things around you got stats everywhere i don't even know where <clears throat> why don't to start we, uh, why don't we jump into the, why don't we jump into that bruins game I okay mean, let's do was, it that was freaking epic. Nine, nine goals, and uh, it was Toffoli's second game. And the guy went off. I believe it was two goals and an assist, or was it a goal and two assists? Uh, he had uh, two goals that game. Yeah, the guy was sick, man. It, it had a little bit of everything. It had the goaltending, aside from... Uh, you know, the Pasternak dirty dangle. Oh, that was um, filthy. It, it was, I mean... That was just the Forsbergian. Oh, it was just, it was perfect, though. I mean... You, is that what hurt Jacob Markstrom? It's, they're saying... Because that's a stretch. It's, they're saying it's possible that that's kind of what shook down. It's, it's meniscus, right? Yeah. 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 So he could have had damage, and then he could have had more damage, and then stacked, and then before you know it, you're just too far Yeah. Gone. Yeah, but like that, that so that game, 9-3... I'm getting ready for that game, and I'm thinking, okay, you know the Canucks are going to come out guns blazing. Uh, we, you know, we kind of talked about it at the tail end of last episode about the Matt Greslick hit on Elias Patterson, mm -hmm. and how, in my opinion, I think Bo Horvat has has gone to that locker room and says, "We're not taking this shit anymore." Yeah, I think yeah, you have to be, you have to be, boys. We're done with this bullshit, right? Like, it was it, you. You saw Boston try to sort of influence and impose their will on Vancouver mm -hmm. and then they just wouldn't go away they were almost a, annoying 
mm-hmm. right? Vancouver was for the first time mm-hmm. in a while. So uh, Bo walks away with the Gordial hat trick, mm-hmm. um, which was cool to see. I mean, the fight wasn't the... But he was fired up. But it was... But the, the Everyone fight, was fired yeah, up. Yeah, the exactly. fight happened really organically. Like, it, it, it was two guys, you, you could tell, had... Which clear, fight? Clear disdain with each other. The Horvath fight? Did the Horvath yeah. fight. Before, yeah. they, before they went after that, that, that game was filled with animosity from all over the place. And that was one of the first games this year that really felt like a playoff game. So if yeah. that's the kind of team that's going to show up in the playoffs... Yeah. Uh, you know, if we get there, and I'm it, happy to see it. And it had a very... It uh, wasn't very much talked about, but the undercard to the Bo Horvat fight uh, almost had... Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, it had the potential the to be match. Yeah. It had the potential to be an absolute heavyweight bout of yeah. the ages with Myers... Two hockey players going at it. Yeah. <laughs> Myers and Chara, I, oh, if there would have been even just one punch landed either way, that would have been awesome. Yeah. But Myers just, you know, he showed that... Uh, it looked like a basketball He ain't yeah. knows it ain't no Chara. Uh, he ain't no fighter. No. Uh, I he would've... doesn't have that man strength. No, he doesn't. I mean, nobody can hold a candle to Chara. So kudos to Myers for stepping in mm-hmm. uh, and, and doing what he could and for p- protecting himself too. So... Uh, the last guy that I really remember trying to fight Zdeno Chara was Brian McCabe, and uh, he got absolutely ragged. Was it that one or Darcy Tucker? Was it McCabe? Was it McCabe? Was McCabe? One, one of the two. I think yeah. it was McCabe that it's, I remember. We're thinking the same out, fight. Yeah. We're th- when he just, you're right, ragged him yeah. a few times. That's not normal for a human to get yeah. done. So yeah, there, there was a ton of different goal scorers in this game. Um, you know, Toffoli had two. Erickson scored with a, he had a goal and assist. We know Horvat scored. We know Adam Godet had a nice goal. Tanner Pearson. Uh, Elias Pettersson, Jake Furtanen had another one in this game. And then, in my opinion, a mm. bit of a statement game for our boy Troy. Yeah, uh, When everything was going around, his name was being thrown all over the place for the trade deadline. Steps he up big, three-point night, showing yeah. that he can play mm. on this team and, and, and play a big role if they just let He had like a gritty Quinn Hughes kind of game. Yeah, poor man's Quinn, we can call yeah. him that. And that's actually not too much of a stretch if you think about what he does defensively on this mm-hmm. team and how he breaks pucks mm-hmm. out. It's, it's, he's still a really nice player. Like you, everyone, you, you knew that was going to be a big story, especially as the game was kind of continuing and as he was collecting those points and you kind of thought, you know what, if there was any still you know, talk that maybe they're going to move him, that was the kind of game where you could kind of say, you know what, we might, if they were thinking it, that might have been a huge mistake. And I mean, mm-hmm. defensive depth going to the playoffs, like you can't have enough defense. Guaranteed that's why that I'm they... kind of sorry. Go ahead. That's why I'm kind of surprised we didn't acquire another defenseman at the deadline. Um, yeah, you're you're right. I, I mean, which Gar- is like, you know, you we're talking about, you know, Fattenberg and Ben and Myers, like those three guys. In a way, they're kind of scaring the crap out of us. But those are three D men that are. Could be playing in the playoffs if we make mm-hmm. it right. Yeah, um, I think Ben playing li- limited minutes is is okay and and not paired with. Myers but he's also taking out somebody <laughs> out of the lineup too. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Not not paired with Myers, and that's the biggest concern. I think mm-hmm. we've talked about this over the last couple of, of meetings, right? But I, I still think that Fanberg is a nice option as long as he's playing within his means. He's not playing a ton of minutes. But the thing is, is what happens mm-hmm. if one of those core guys gets hurt? It has to be Stetcher that steps up. Yep. But then one of those guys has to step in and take over that role and play mm-hmm. those 18 minutes a game. I'm not it was the same as the fact that they can or not. It was like when BXA kind of mm-hmm. was called up to be, uh, you know, basically a number two, number three, you know, at the time when Vancouver was getting all their injuries. And as good as BXA was, his role was better suited to be that, you know, the four or five at the time when he was called up to be like a two, three. And, you know, you're... You're brought in of whatever you're. If you're a third line player or a third pairing defenseman, and all of a sudden you move up two lines, 
well, you know, you're a fish out of water at that point. Mm-hmm. You're you're not going to be the same player. They're going to ask more of you. Your responsibility gets bigger. You're going to make mistakes. Whereas if you're a little bit more sheltered minutes and you have a little bit more of a comfortable pairing or comfortable mm-hmm. line mates, you know, you know what you're going to get out of that line. You know you're not going to be the guy that's going to be absolutely relied upon. And, you know, there will be less mistakes. So you're right. If we start seeing, like, you know, the Jordy Benz and, you mm-hmm. know, maybe Fantenberg or whoever that happens to look like, going forward in the playoffs, maybe it gets a little bit dicey and maybe we see a little bit of a resurgence, but hopefully we don't see those kind of injuries. Yeah, the one thing I'm surprised about a little is the fact that like, Myers is kind of running his own line. Um, coming Going into the playoffs, that kind of scares me a little. I really liked him. I felt a lot more confident when Myers was on, was on the ice with Alex Edler right. or Quinn Hughes. Yeah. I don't like him out there being kind of the, the guy that's supposed to run his own line. Yeah. Uh, especially especially paired with like Jordy Ben or Oscar Fantenberg. Right. Um, that's what scares me for the playoffs. I mean, I'm watching, you know, not the Boston game, but we're watching the Montreal game on Thursday, and, you know, they're playing, there was like a minute and a half left or something, and they're yeah. playing Myers and <clears throat> Fantenberg in the defensive zone. I'm thinking, what are you doing? It's scary. It's scary, exactly. But, but you know what? It's almost like the lesser of two evils, right? Because and I think that the one common denominator here is, is Myers, right? Because Stetcher clearly looks better with Edler, and Edler looks better with Stetcher, mm-hmm. and that looks more like an adequate pairing when you're going out there to play shutdown yeah. than, than Myers does, unfortunately, right? So uh, what would you rather have? Would you rather have Edler playing at his, at his prime of the season? I'm not saying prime of his career. Prime of the season with a, with a deep pairing partner in Stetcher that looks better with him, or would you rather have him holding up? Tyler Myers? And I understand that it's kind of a waste, but maybe mm-hmm. he's better on a third pairing if they can just somehow fix that that partner for him. Yeah. I guess I, I'm just starting to realize that he's one of those D-men that you can't, you can't have him out there as your main guy. He needs especially, to stay Especially in your top four. Yeah. Um, he's been playing that third pairing, but I just, I'm not sure how confident I feel about it heading into, you know, the final stretch of games here. So speaking of uh, guys that need to be relied upon, the Markstrom injury um, is going to decide a lot in this final stretch. Of all guys to be injured... Any other time of the season, this probably would have been, you know, it wouldn't have been as highly criticized. Well, not criticized, but uh, it's definitely a heavy topic. Um, <clears throat> Markstrom has a, what do they say, a, a, is it a torn meniscus? Meniscus, or, yeah. Um, meniscus and he's yeah. going to be uh, potentially three to four weeks, and that's as of right now. I don't know. I got, they got news today. Okay, yeah. Uh, late, late this afternoon, they said <laughs> he's going to be reevaluated in two weeks. Yeah. And I just got to say... After hearing what they said, oh, we're going to reevaluate Brock Besser in two games. Yeah. Turns out he's out eight weeks. Dif- I don't, different I don't injury, like that though. News, though. Different injury, too. Yeah, so I will say that we don't know the full extent of, of Besser's injury, yeah. but a meniscus injury is pretty common, mm-hmm. and it's a pretty different thing to recover from than, than uh, a ligament injury. So um, I know that I'm not a pro by any means, but I was able to have surgery and play ball on it eight days later. Mm-hmm. and have a large chunk of my meniscus removed. Wow. So it is the way that they do surgery now. They they don't ask you to, to rest and not move and have everything cease up on you. They ask you to be up and walking around mm-hmm. right away on it and doing everything that you possibly can to the full extent wow. to know what your what your capabilities are. Which so is basically from for, that is faster, yeah. But basically, like, in this scenario, for the injury, for a knee injury, this is the best <clears throat> case scenario we could have gotten. The meniscus instead of an ACL or an MCL. Oh, oh. From, from a surgery like, perspective? This is great news. Yeah, from a surgery perspective, there could not have been a better injury. You still worry about surgery as a goaltender and an athlete. 
uh, you're going out there, you're sweating. It's a, it can be a gross kind of kind of thing that can be infected. Um, but obviously, from a heel factor, yeah, I mean, it's gonna it's gonna help him. It's gonna work his, in his favor. My worry would be that you're gonna ask him to sit out two three weeks, mm -hmm. and then how does that work when he comes back? Mm -hmm. What what's Demco done in the meantime? Just do you just walk back into being one A starter? Probably not. It probably takes a game or two, one in one out, a little bit of a share load before you decide who's gonna be your number one walking into the playoffs. Now, could you imagine that? I mean. You have Markstrom being, without a doubt, the MVP of this team. Um, but what if Demko has a hot string of games here? And then, and then you're stuck with this debate. Like, is it... When Markstrom comes back, no matter how good Demko is, mm -hmm. do you think Markstrom gets the net back for what he's done in this team and how long he's been here? So I think Kind it's of a, like the Luongo situation which in 2011. Where yeah. Schneider should have been getting games. but So it feels like more of a debate for us, obviously, than it is for a guy like Travis Green, right? So Green has spent a lot of time with Markstrom all the way back down to Utica in a long playoff run to the Calder Cup, right? So he's mm -hmm. leaned on Markstrom. He knows what kind of player he is. He knows his injuries and in ins is out. So... Uh, it's probably easier for him to walk away from Demko and go back to Markstrom and give him a little bit of a rope, even if it takes him a couple games to get back in the groove. Mm -hmm. Am I saying that's the right move? Uh, maybe not as a fan, but that's probably what a guy like Green is probably thinking. Okay, well, I have this strange thought, and I know it never happens, but this is why I want to ask you guys' opinions. Like an emergency goalie? What if, like, you have two goaltenders, right? So I'll ask you this. If the Canucks... Or say, in 2011 or now, would you ever see a coach go 50-50 with a goal with goalies in the playoffs? Mm, it depends. That's like, why one. has it never <clears throat> happened? And I mean, when you have them all season long, and we rely on that to make the playoffs, why not rely on it to win the playoffs? You're in such a short time period to make these things happen, and in this case. Um, Obviously, it's a really interesting topic because now that he's out for those four weeks, this is such a crucial time. And you're right. Maybe, you know, theoretically, let's say that he does go on a run and it won't be perfect. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, let's say he chucks up a couple shutouts. Let's say he gets a couple games where it's a one, you know, let's in one goal. He's clearly going to be taking in a ton of shots. I'm sure 30, 30, 35 yeah. plus. That I've looked at their average and it's been that way. It's pretty high. So you get to the playoffs. And let's say Markstrom's not quite ready. Let's just say that's where we're at. And it's day one of the playoffs. You hands down should play Demko if Markstrom was ready. If he wasn't ready, I mean, it really depends on when he's healthy, air quotes. But if he wasn't quite ready to go um, on that first one, absolutely you'd run Demko. Mm -hmm. Um for the foreseeable future until there's a reason not to. If there's any, it's kind of like the Team Canada thing. If there's even like... Mm -hmm. the 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 slightest you know drop in in play from that goaltender you go to the next one and you go back to your guy but will Marshall be able in the playoffs there will always be and I like Corey Schneider was arguably one of the best goaltenders in 2011 and he didn't get a single playoffs there yeah he did did he yeah, he started against uh, Chicago, and then he got dehydrated, and Luongo came back. Oh, right. I so he did get yeah. a start. That series was a messy one. The problem is, though, and it's it's a mentality, and I wrote an article on this about, I don't know, six years ago, and you know more about the tandem, and we've talked about this before, about like a pitching rotation style of, of goaltender tandem. Mm -hmm. Once you hit the playoffs, though, for whatever reason, regardless of all the other things that are going on, politics yeah. trump everything, yeah. and your number one is your number one is your number one. It, even if it shouldn't be, 
And we can get into why Corey Schneider should have started. I mean, that's a whole other, that's a podcast on its own. <laughs> but, you know, should you start this other guy when when clearly, you know, your starter maybe wasn't the right guy and you've got a hot, hot hand that could go in? Absolutely. Unfortunately, there's a ton of coaches that will still stick with that number one for whatever reason, even if there's, you know, the more likely choice um, to be put in that right away. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, that's a good point. Like, it, it, if Demko's running hot by the time Markstrom's back, it's easy for them to say we're going with Demko. Markstrom's still working on it. I mean, they did this from a defensive point of view when we waited three games and then all of a sudden Olin was back on. Yeah. He got into the game the second he touched the puck behind the ice. It was just this calming factor. The crowd went nuts. He's back in the game, right? So it's easy for him to to play Demko in that sense. It, that would make sense. And then go to Markstrom if needed. Um, it's difficult to go the other way if he's not needed. Yeah. Um, but if, you're not, if you don't have to go the other way, then it's almost like the Tom Brady factor, right? You're walking in. Bledsoe's hurt, you're taking over for him, but then you've given no reason to take me out of this game and all he did was walk all the way to the playoffs, win a Super Bowl, and never look back, right? Yeah. So if if that's what's happening, I, I could give two shits who's in net if we're winning. And the other thing to that, you bring up kind of the Tom Brady thing, this injury, as I said, is so key. Like, I kind of went in the rundown. It's not just playoffs. We've got the expansion draft. We've got Markstrom that's due for a contract. There's a lot of little things and that become big things depending on how this season finishes out. If Demko ends up being the guy, now they really have to decide, are we going to trade Demko and max out on, on his worth? Are we still going to sign Markstrom and you know he's going to be our guy of the future and eventually DiPietro will be the guy that takes over for him? Or do we... like That whole conversation starts to change and take place. The expansion draft now all of a sudden you know has huge implications. There's a lot riding on this specific situation. I and quite frankly, I bet a lot of the NHL is watching this a lot closer than they were four days ago. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of ways that this goes, right? There's it goes the way of Brady. You mentioned this earlier. They get a better, longer look at, at Demko, another opportunity, just like when Marsham had to go to Sweden. Um, and it, it also works out. You know, it could work out favorably or not favorably for the Canucks and or Markstrom in this case too, because mm-hmm. if you know, Markstrom is looking for his next contract, and if they go down the season and they slump hard, and this team looks like dog shit, and Markstrom is not in net for those games, that almost gives him more leverage to be like, hey, just totally. so you know, yeah. I was totally. the dude, yeah. and we're missing out. Exactly. You, make, you make a great point, and it's funny because that's the first time I've heard it, because everyone else is telling me because he's injured, he's going to make less money. But it could go the other way. Easy, yeah. It really could. Yeah. And it just really depends. That's why they play the games. I mean, but it kind of reminds me of when the situation when <clears throat> Flurry and Murray were going for their second cup in a row. And Flurry actually, I think he won the first two series, had one bad game, and then Murray played the rest. And it's like, man, you kind of feel for Flurry after winning two rounds, right? It's, uh, it's a. What have you done fickle for beast. It is. Yeah. You had one bad game. Now, thankfully, well, not thankfully. Had that happened with the Canucks series, that we'd be talking about a Stanley Cup. Yeah, the rating, <laughs> the rating was a little bit on the wall for that situation as well. It was it was sort of similar to what's going on in Vancouver. They had brought up Murray. They were develop, developing him. Yeah. Fleury was coming to the end of his role. They were going to have to run into a same situation by exposing somebody to the waiver or to the expansion draft, just like we are. So we could probably learn a lot from Pittsburgh and what the situation that they went through. Did Murray pan out? I mean... It's not looked great this year, but it looked great the year He's got before. Two cups. I 
was gonna say like it it, re it remains to be seen, it's but yeah. for the most part, it's looking a lot better than it than it is looking bad. Mm -hmm. And it just so happens that at the end of it, yeah, it just so happens that Flurry was gonna be a good goalie no matter if he stayed in Pittsburgh or if he went somewhere else, yeah. right? And it worked out, and now it's funny, like, the cost is different. They got Murray. Murray was the better goalie at the time. They went with Murray, but you look at them now. Flurry is still the way more accomplished goaltender, better goaltender. Well, who, what's the what are their contract values? Flurry's been to the final like five times. Yeah. What are their what are their contract values? <laughs> I think Flurry's somewhere around five and a half. I don't even. And Murray's around like four. Or something. So yeah, they're, they're at the time. I remember them looking into, you know, thinking what can we what can we plug this roster with, moving forward in the future to continue mm -hmm. to keep the window open for Gino and Sid, mm -hmm. and it was more difficult they to do. Always keep it open. Yeah, but it was more difficult to do having a bigger goaltending contract on your roster with a guy who can play. And that brings me to what we were talking about before the podcast started. Yeah. How the hell are we going to get all these contracts? Oh, man. <laughs> so why are, like, you know, we need Markstrom, but, you know, this is why I think for management, this is a huge blessing in disguise. Like, as long as it kind of goes well and Demko plays good, this it, always, it really has... This always oh, happens. It always happens to yeah. connect. Did we talk about this last week? This always happens. How do they fit Bieksa into the lineup when they're, you know, right tight against the cap? All of a sudden, Sammy Salo goes out. Instantly, they've got, you know, cap relief. Mm -hmm. They've had this problem so many times, and I, it's actually pretty amazing how many times they've made it work because it's almost like magic. But yet again, just when they need a little bit of that relief, mm -hmm. and I mean, moving out Schaller and, and with the Toffoli and all mm -hmm. that stuff, there's little bits and pieces that worked, and you do have to be uh, a little bit savvy on how, yeah. how to work out the cap, but those little things, we've been worrying about it all season, like, what are we going to do, what are we going to do? And then, I guess the least likely guy gets moved, Tim Schaller, and we add in, a, you know, potentially still a 30-goal score in Toffoli. He was at 18 when they picked him up. Yeah, he's, what is he at now, like 22? I think he's 21 or 22. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, you know, we've lost a guy that was in and out of the lineup for a guy that is challenging to be one of the top players on the team. Yeah. So it's a great move. And then they go and they pick up Louis Domingue, obviously because of uh, the Markstrom injury. Um, you know, journeyman backup. He actually had a great run with, uh, with Tampa. Um, uh, was it last season? Mm -hmm. And uh, I think they said, I saw the stat like 20 and 9 and 1 or something like that. So as far as um, a serviceable backup for the time being, and he'll probably get maybe two starts in the next four weeks. Um, Demko's obviously going to get yeah, the Markstrom gonna, treatment. I was going to ask you. Yeah. Because I got into a bit of an argument with someone about no. this. <laughs> I have an idea. How many probably games, okay, say, say, with the, say Markstrom's out sure. indefinitely. Sure. 20 games left. Yep. How many does Domingo get? If there are, depending on how far out the back-to-backs are, I would say so I said, almost all of them. So Demko gets almost all Demko of them. Demko will yeah. get almost all of them. I said 16 to 18, and everyone thought it was nuts. I was like... How many back-to-backs are there? Two? There's four. Four? Four back-to-backs. And one of them's in L.A. L.A., Anaheim. Yeah. So depending on how that but series goes... We, like go, we like to lose to really bad teams. But if the, game is, if the game's boring and there's not a lot going on, you're not going to get, you know... Worked out a lot. You can play both. Marks, I mean, really good goaltenders do it all the time, mm -hmm. and especially considering there's zero travel aside from sitting on uh, the freeway for two hours, um, which is awful down there if you've ever mm -hmm. done it. Um, but other than that, I mean, realistically, I think Demko mentally he's strong. Um, I think he's, he's going to be fine. He's proven this season that he's more than capable to be the starter, not necessarily mm -hmm. the number one guy, but he's going to be given an opportunity immediately to be that guy. Yeah. Um, 
And again, we get back into what we just talked about. So I don't see any reason why he wouldn't get that 16 to 18. Like, I agree. You take out those back-to-backs, and maybe he plays two of the four back-to-backs fully. Um, but at the same time, I don't think Domingue is, uh, you know, he's not a slouch. And there is a, it's a pretty good Canucks team. This is a better team than we do give it credit for. They don't suck. They're going to give up a bunch of shots, but I think they're going to make up for it more on the other side. Yeah, bottom line, we got a capable NHL backup. We gave up an AHL starter, and we didn't trade for Malcolm Subban. So That's true. That worked out. And we just, all in all, we handled this situation with goaltending a lot better than we did last year than throwing a guy like Oh, Mike McKenna? So, yeah, right? Mike McKenna and and others. uh, Like, just folly, right? So, uh, thankfully, they they did the right thing. They upgraded on the guy who would have been the backup in McIntyre. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and applied themselves an, an NHL goaltender. So even if he's here for you know just a couple of games, um, then that's more than we need him for, and that would be just fine. Those band aids are so important. Right Plus, now. Funny, Pietro gets to play. I wonder what they're gonna do in in Utica. I know mm-hmm. I know that they've they've brought up. Well, Bachman's gone back to Sweden. Yeah, they they so. brought up Keeley from the ECHL, mm. and Bachman's only on loan, so they can acquire him back, right? There's still talk about sure. re-upping Bachman and signing him one more year to be so that he's the guy that gets exposed. Yeah. Mm. Um, but but who knows? He's been a really serviceable vet for for Vancouver for a long time. Yeah, and well, they're not ready to bring Mikey up. I'm yet. honestly I'm I'm excited to see Demko get the starts he's going to, especially in a it's in the a, crunch time. But it, what, a, what yeah. I wanted to say is at the be at the beginning of the year when the season started. I wanted Demko to be the starter at this when this yeah. kind of came around. Yeah. It's just not happening the same way I was yeah. hoping that it would. You know what, though? <laughs> and to be perfectly honest, I don't think it was necessarily warranted at the beginning. Like, you got to give the benefit of the doubt to the guy that is essentially that number one. And, you know, just like Corey Schneider, as good as he was coming up the ranks, you can't just throw him that starter's job, especially mm-hmm. not on this team. Yeah. There are a lot of teams where that could work. The way you know the goaltending ladder works in Vancouver, just like it did in Pittsburgh. Yeah, you got to earn your stripes before you get it. Did he deserve it at a certain point? Absolutely, but you know you have to bide your time and wait for yeah. that opportunity. And he's had a couple really good opportunities. Mm-hmm. The Markstrom he stepped you know, up when he's had to with his dad. You know, passing away in those trips to Sweden. I mean, they did not skip a beat when Demko got into the net, and I think they were just as confident when he was back there. And he has a little bit of a different style as well. Um, he uses his head a lot. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't think that uh, they're going to be any worse for having him in the next 20-plus games. So um, Yeah, at the end of the day, I love that he's got Ron Burgundy on his mask. Oh, he's yeah. he's a character. Wake up, hello, San Diego. He is such a character. No, 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 it's uh, semi-pro. Hey? Isn't it semi-pro? Well, no, I mean, yeah. Sorry. Jackie yeah, Brown. It's, yeah. it's Jackie Brown, but it's the, it's the ode to... Jackie Moon. Yeah. Um, so what about the it's great what though. about the Montreal game we should we should get into uh, you know Tyler what Defoli. so quickly um, I had the game PVR'd because uh, I wasn't able to watch it yesterday um, and then uh, four o'clock starts man and then I realized that uh, our PVR was full so I had to watch the PVR. How much stuff do you have recorded on your so PVR? So we had we had some PVR issues. A lot of, it was lots of young and restless. It's a lot of this is us and station. I know. No, it was our old That's PVR. Another thing, this is us. Why does anybody watch that show? Like, who wants know. to cry all the time? Oh, That's I love just, crying. It's the best. Oh, I love it. It's so such a good show. <laughs> do you want me to grab you some Kleenex? It's brutal. Turn it off. Man, Mandy Moore's on. It's wicked. Anyway. So anyway, um, it was our old PVR, and it got filled up pretty quickly because our newer one crapped out on us. So what did so. you do, man? 
So I just, I looked, I'm like, oh, the game's over. So I waited about five minutes, watched like the extended replay on NHL.com, and I was pleasantly surprised that we beat Montreal in Montreal for the yeah. first time in absolutely forever. We had a comeback win. They still allowed, what, 35 shots plus, almost mm -hmm. 40. Mm -hmm. um, but again, you know, Huggy Bear gets another point, which he's just continuing his tear. Uh, Toffoli looked great. Um, who else did I see in that game? I'm, you guys obviously watched it, so I'll let you kind of take the floor. I mean, I what I liked in that game was uh, the chemistry between Toffoli and Horvat in overtime. Mm -hmm. And, well, pretty much the entire overtime where Quinn Hughes had I was gonna say. My <laughs> God! Yes. For a guy that's like five foot, what, nine? You cannot touch the guy. He's got that Duncan Keith ability to him. Where you just can't hit him if you wanted to. He's incredible. Um, and he's only getting better, like he said. Like, he thought he was going to get better as he goes along. Fuck, man, the guy has 50 points already, and he's an NHL rookie defenseman. You know how long it's been since a rookie defenseman has had 50 points in the NHL? A while. Didn't 27 a, years. Didn't a Canuck defenseman This was the last guy to do that. Dale Talon. Dale Talon? Yep. And he's gonna be passed. But it was actually it was actually back. Nicholas Lidstrom, was the last rookie to do it. Oh really? Um, Dave, he actually tied Dave Talon's record for most assists in a rookie season. And man, he, I don't know if he can catch Elias Pettersson you in don't? his sixty-six point rookie record. But I do know this: at the end of the season, the rookie scoring race for the all-time Canucks will be Pettersson and Hughes. And that's and you look at our team and that is incredible. It's going to be Hughes Pedersen. It's going to be Hughes Pedersen. Yeah. So the all-time defensive scoring record is Doug Lister, I think, sixty-three points, or something like that. Yeah. It's, it was a good season. <clears throat> not but in yeah, a rookie year though. Not in a rookie year, no. But I'm talking. We're already in the realm of all-time scoring defensemen, let alone rookie. Yeah. Did you see the poll so, for what, I can't remember who had it, like with their recent poll. Oh, the McCarr. Like, who's it taking? Oh like, my God. And it was, it was by like a handful of votes. Like it wasn't like tight. It was like, no, we're still going to give it to him. Yeah, it was the scoring system grading five for your favorite all the way down to one for your least favorite to mm -hmm. win in the top yeah. five. So 77 points, I think McCarr had 83 or something like that. Yeah. Still very, very close. I think it's 0.29 points per game more than, than Quinn, but Quinn's playing more. So I think it's going to take a little bit for yeah. him to get the media on his back. But I think if you, were to take, if you were to take this vote or this number three weeks ago or a month and a half ago or two months ago, um, the number would have been much lower and it would have been way more in favor of Makar. So I think if we're looking at how it's trending, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. that 77 isn't over Makar, but it's trending upwards and it's trending in the right direction. Yeah. It just, it just blows my mind that he's still not getting... Oh, and this conversation has happened on two other players, Brock Besser and Elias Pettersson. Pettersson really didn't get the full love until uh, well, probably halfway through the season, but <laughs> Besser didn't even get the love until, what, November? <laughs> When in his rookie year, so it's typical. I mean, when we the get up. Realize that he couldn't be caught. Yeah, there's. We get up in arms about this every single year because woe is me because the Canucks aren't getting noticed. And as soon as they get noticed, we get mad because everybody's paying too much attention. So it's never perfect for us. But Quinn Hughes is. He's having just an unreal season, and as good as Makar's great. No one here is going to debate that. No. And I think it will be neck and neck, and whoever wins it absolutely deserves it. Yeah. But it is so much closer than I think the rest of the league is giving it credit. And 
you know, do I think it? I mean, yeah, I cheer for the Canucks, so absolutely, I think Quinn Hughes should be the guy that has it. Points wise alone, he's getting more done on a team that isn't as uh, isn't as developed as Colorado is. So yeah. absolutely, he's doing less. He's doing more with less. Hey, it's Ryan from the PP1 Podcast on Cryer Media. If you're looking for a spot to advertise your company, your brand, your cheese wheel, some beer, maybe some donuts, this is the spot. Reach out to me via DM on Twitter or Instagram at always94, and I'd be more than happy to chat with you. Worst case scenario, we just become best friends. And how awesome does that sound? All right, off the defense a little bit, I want to. I just want to thank, like, we're looking at Toffoli and, and how he did, played such a good game in Boston, and, he, and then he comes in to Montreal, has a great game there with, with, with Horvat. Do you guys think he looked better with Horvat, or do you guys think he still looks better on that top line? What game, what game do you guys think was he played better? Or is it kind of just, he's just been an A-plus all around? I think, I mean, he's proven throughout his he's career that he's... he makes every line better. And I think there's only one player that he hasn't made better in the entirety of his career that he hasn't, that he's played with. So that's insane. That's bonkers, that's right? Insane. So, uh, I mean, he really is that guy, you're right, Brady, that can fit in wherever you need him to, but we know he's going to fit in on those top two lines. I would probably prefer at this point, and I know that, <clears throat> Pardon me, I know that Erickson is still <laughs> somehow against all odds putting up points and looking like he can play with Bo, but I would still rather see Toffoli walk on that line with Bo and then have Vertanen play up again on that line with Pedersen, mm-hmm. um, just because it was doing something. Um, but I don't, I don't know if there's a mix that it, you have to stay locked in, and maybe he's the roamer that goes back and forth between those two lines, whoever needs a shot in the arm. You're fully capable of making him work on either of those lines. Mm-hmm. It is. If, if Bo needs to get going, which it seems that he has lately, I think uh, he's definitely an option. At the same time, if you need to see your top line, if you need to see Petey and, and Miller uh, have that extra boost. And going into the playoffs, they may need to have that to start in that first round. Um, at the same time, if you know maybe Besser does come back before the end of the season, Maybe there's an opportunity to see both of those lines fill out, and you know who knows. Maybe maybe Besser is ready to go at some point. I'm still holding out hope that happens, and there's a lot for him to get. Well, aren't they saying that Besser could actually be back before yeah. the regular season's over now? That's uh, I mean that injury is just where yeah, two games, eight weeks, you know six what? weeks. When he comes back, he comes back, and if if he didn't come back this season, this team still has enough. I mean, where he was sitting, even though his points were accumulating, he didn't look like he was making a difference necessarily right mm-hmm. now, cooled even off. with him gone. Yeah, he had cooled off, mm-hmm. but not in a terrible way. He's still having a wicked season statistically. Yeah. But right now, things are rolling pretty well. Um, even the third and fourth line are looking pretty decent. And if I might say so myself, who did I pick as my guy last week? Ooh, I know who it is. I would drop the mic, but these are like $200. Yeah, don't It'd do be that. really loud. Um, Jake Vertanen. How how's Jake done in the last couple of games? I just I forgot a little bit. He scored uh, big time. Both games, both games. Yeah. So last <laughs> oh, time I, I checked, the you should see his the smile Hank, right now. The Hank callout seems to be working once again, and I mean it's just a little little, little motivational speaking here. But uh, I like to think that uh, what I say matters on this podcast. Oh, hell yeah, it and it through it, it rumbles through Canucks Nation. It gets right into the dressing room and it affects Shotgun Jake. For all we know, <laughs> Saturday night, Saturday night, yeah. Shotgun Jake 
will reach the peak. He'll have a two-goal game against Toronto. <laughs> He's going to shotgun one post-game. Yeah. Canucks Nation will rejoice. Yeah. And then, he did and say then they're going to lose against Columbus the next day. He did say that he... He will do it. When he hits 20, he'll have he a shotgun, will, right? He will do it. That's so awesome. Should, I feel the, like, whole, the whole freaking team should shotgun with him. I think so. I yeah. feel like when he hits shotgun, he's going to have... Like, when he hits 20, he's going to shotgun... On camera, because I feel like Jake shotguns. He will. So <laughs> I feel like Jake yeah. shotguns. So here's the thing. Isn't um, he the inventor of the shotgun? <laughs> yeah, he might be. So you know what? Because I'm just I'm riding high. Let's get into our favorite segment of the week. Dudes and guys. Yeah. Dudes and guys. Dude, what does my tattoo say? Sweet. What about mine? Dude, what does mine say? Sweet. What about mine? Dude, what does mine say? Sweet. <laughs> Ted, it's that time, you, baby. You get, I'm gonna give you first dibs this week because uh, I'm I'm just in such a good mood. I'm I'm giving. Wow, I, I who's your dude? I appreciate it. My my dude of the week is gonna go to to, to Troy Stetcher. Nice. So Ooh, has that has that tough game where everything seems like it's going to go wrong for him. Uh, he's got pucks going in off him. They're losing games because of the, some of the fluke accidents shit that's happened to him. And then all that happens is more adversity gets dumped on his shoulders. His name's getting dragged all over the place through trade deadlines, even though I don't think the Canucks could have made a trade if they wanted to. Um, only to come up with his best game of the season and play lights out, put up three points, and distinguish all doubters that he belongs on this team and he can be a contributor heading into the playoffs. Yeah, that was Due to the week, Troy from Richmond. Love it. Night market. Love that choice. Guy. Night market. Brady, fired up, bud. All right, well... You, you know, get one. There's Toffoli, but I'm not going to pick him. Oh, jeez. Oh, here we go again. Okay. <laughs> well, should we take a break? Or... Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I'd like, to be, I'd like to be a little uh, bit I'm nice not going to go with the obvious choice. Apparently. Actually, you already mentioned one. I am going to go with a guy named Bo Horvat. Oh. The captain of the team. That's Does that good, sting? That's a Does good, that sting a bit, Ryan? That's a good pick. Yeah. That's a good um, pick. And with that, I just want to say why I'm picking him is because... That one, that 9-3 game against Boston, um, we had to come out guns blazing. We had to, you know, make Greslick mm-hmm. answer for his uh, hit against Patterson. We had to make a statement. We're not going to be pushed around anymore. Horvath goes out and, I, in my opinion, has the best game of the season. Gordie Howe hat-trick. Um, phenomenal game. Followed up by another one with a goal and assist. An amazing game-winning give-and-go feed with Tyler Toffoli. On a yawning cage. Damn sexy play. I'm really digging our captain right now. Bo Horvat, Braden's due to the week. I love it. Stepping up in a big way. Yeah. That's a that's a good it was I wasn't sure if that was gonna be my pick, but a lot of the same reason. So that was a good call. I really like that. Um I'm gonna go for the guy that we have been already talking about. My due to the week is Tyler Toffoli. You don't need a whole lot of reasons right now. I thought for sure you were gonna say Mod, but go ahead. Tyler, Charlie Hustle, yeah. Well, I, I mean, that guy, yeah, I mean, I can make a case for him too. But uh, Tyler Toffoli, what an addition to this team. Instantly, he's making a difference on this team. On You know, it seems to be wherever he's been put. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the finish last night against Montreal um, in OT, just like, a, it was, was like. Was that a, the only one that jumped off their couch? No. It could have been because no. I had to watch it on replay. So I was like, Definitely oh, he scored the goal. Right. That's awesome. <laughs> But like it, that was such a tap in on Carey Price. Like it, he made it look just like tap effortless. Top fucking Chad. Oh my goodness! It, he has made a difference on this team. 
in less than seven days. Yeah. And um, there's you can't say a whole lot about him. One I, year, one year ago. If someone was going to say, do you want Tanner Pearson and Tyler Toffoli on your team? I'd be like, hell yeah, I do. And Benning's done a freaking great job of that. One year ago, if somebody said, do you want Tanner Pearson on your team? I would have said, do we get rid of Eric Branson? (laughs) 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 So if so, yes. Is there any way we can make this work somehow? But yeah, uh, interesting stat for Tyler Toffoli. He's he's making 72% 72 zone starts in the offensive zone for the Canucks. That's pretty big. Easily highest on the team. We know it's a really small sample size. He's only got three games. But um, obviously, Greener taking notice of what kind of player this this guy is. He's a pure shooter. Um, He likes to put the puck on net. And he sits there in that bumper spot that we so desperately needed. It means that Miller doesn't have to be there all the time. So, yeah. The scary thing is he is throttling the PDO right now at a mass of 115. So, he's going to regress a little bit. That's not sustainable. No. But for whatever it is right now, I'm pretty happy. So, yeah. If he um, ends up around... Brock Besser numbers, somewhere around like 100, 100.1, then we'll be in a pretty good spot. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Toffoli, my dude of the week. Ted, Ted, who's your guy? Guy. Who's your guy? Who's the guy of the week? Honestly, I didn't know. I'm going to take Tyler Myers in this one. Did you? Yeah. You didn't watch the Montreal game. Brady, I know you did. I was scared. There was some shots on net from about 15, 20 feet away that looked like dump-ins. They were so wide. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's not even just the dump-ins. It's just the fact that that pairing just looks so god-awful. And I don't want to break it up because the other two look so good. So mm-hmm. something has to be done there. We've got to fix something. And I don't know what the answer is. Yeah, you know I mean, what? Maybe he just needs to be punched in the face. Yeah, if I could Some, Yeah, by Zdeno Chara. You know so what? Maybe, maybe he'd man up just a little bit. You just need to get <laughs> anger the beast, right? It's like when you pick on Drome McGinley. Don't still love like the bear. So who's your guy uh, of the week, Brady? Damn, I don't really... And if you steal mine, then we got some problems. I don't have one right now. Okay. Go ahead. So my guy of the week... Just wait. Just get ready here. Ryan's stretching <laughs> for anybody who needs a visual here. My guy of the week is Louis Erickson. That seems like low-hanging fruit. I know. But it's not for the reasons you think. Louis Erickson. We see you, bud. We see that you're, you know, you're you're making waves. You're starting to get a couple points here and there. But you know what? You can't rest on your laurels of wide-open nets anymore, bud. They <laughs> finally, like, the secret's out. You can score on an empty net. The challenge is to score on three quarters of an open net, half an open net, <laughs> even a quarter. Or, I mean, you can clearly score against a goaltender, but when you have that yawning cage not quite fully open, you need to bury on those chances, but, and I think you're going to get some chances this weekend, and, um, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm not hating. I'm, I'm really impressed with the six and six that you've managed to put up this season. They're uh, pretty gaudy numbers, but you know what? I, I think you've got a little bit more left in you, and I, I fully believe you could easily score on three quarters of an empty net. Ted? Okay, so, I, um, other than your regular call-out of, of guys of the week to get them to up their game, yeah, I'll defend Louis a little bit, and cool. he's out there to, to defend a league, and it's actually one of the things that he does quite well. He does, absolutely. Um, and yeah, he's got all those empty net goals. But you're right. It's he's a boring guy. I mean, even his, his plus minus is a zero. So give boring. me, give me, <laughs> give me something like. I know it's there. Something. I know he's there to defend the lead, and, and, and he's, he's doing, done a good job. He's doing right? great on that. But you know what? You've shown. You've shown. You've had opportunity. How many empty net goals this year? Oh, I 
think he's got like four. Four. He scored six on the year. Yeah. Twelve so, points. But that what was it was against was it Boston or was it against um it was the game before where you had that three quarter open net and it was all anybody talked about. You got to bury on those man. That's where your bread's coming from, bud. Brady, butter your bread. Who's uh who's your guy of the week? Uh, I'm actually not going to go with the guy of the week. Oh, and here's my explanation. You, no, 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 no. This You've already done this once. Such a Brady cop. You've got a nine-three slaughter of the Bruins, and then a, a comeback win against the Canadians. I'm sorry, I don't really have a guy of the week. Guess what? You have to have one. <laughs> I have to have one. I'm forcing okay, you. As the, as the as the new host of the PP1 podcast, <laughs> I demand an answer. I'll go with Elias Patterson. That's garbage. Why? <laughs> <laughs> you need you need to have a very good reason for that. I don't that. have a guy of the week, guys. No, you... Patterson's just he's he doesn't seem like his regular self lately. I know he had a goal against Boston, but pretty much everybody did. Um he's just not he's fallen 4 points behind in the uh the scoring race for team lead. Mm-hmm. And I just I want to see him at the top of his game in these games. We need Elias Pettersson to right. be our MVP. So I'll, I'll let that one slide. We'll give Brady, I'll, come, I'll come better prepared next week. I think so, because that's the second time. I'm going to make you right on the be, chalkboard. So before, I will have a guy of the week. I will have a guy of the week. Before you got here, Brady was like, I don't know if we should pick guys. I don't know. Like, uh-huh. I think we should have this prepared beforehand. Is that what he said? Yeah, and, and, and so like, we'll, oh. give, we'll give Brady a little bit. Of, Brady's a lover. Love he loves everybody. He doesn't hate anybody. It's hard for him to do this. He's I hate Brad Marchand. <laughs> Are you one of, he was, I mean, we did find out at the beginning of the season. Guy of the week, Brad Marchand's nose. Yeah. There you go. He was one of the original Benning bros at the beginning of the season. I think you've moved a little bit on that, which is Are great. you still a Benning bro? No, but honestly, like if you go th- if you go through the roster, from yeah. the guys you picked, who yeah. else really had a bad week? That's why I was kind of not really, I was kind of talking about ditching the guys. There's a bunch of guys. Sutter, yeah. Sutter was extremely average. Yeah, but I'm wearing. I mean, yeah, I guess. We're so something that. closer to my heart once again. I feel like I'm just. I'm Brady. You've said this earlier on the season. I'm buzzing this week. The boys are buzzing. I have zero caffeine in me, and somehow I've just got energy for days. On Saturday, and I looked into this, but the American dollar is just, monster truck madness. Yeah, Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. I looked into acquiring some merch, but the U.S. dollar and the Canadian dollar not quite best friends right now, so it cost me a little bit of a cheddar. Um, the Baby Canucks, the Utica Comets, are going all the way back to 1994, and they are rocking custom skate jerseys. <clears throat> and if you haven't seen them online, they're amazing. The hats are amazing. They're sick. The t-shirts are amazing. They got some sweet. Um, crew neck sweaters. There's some other stuff. They have embraced being the baby Canucks to a T. It's the skate with that Minecraft Comet logo. But it's good. It's so good. And then their little, their little uh, inaugural logo, or what the, what's it called, the Copper Seven or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. All their little things that they've done to that whole color scheme is just like it's so, it's so on point. If you're into branding, and I'm a very much into marketing, branding sort of thing, they hit this one out of the park. And I know every Canucks fan that's seen it, um, anybody that follows the Comets, you know, enough anyway, knows of this. I would love to watch this game on the weekend. Um, I don't have HLTV, so maybe I'll get Faber to uh, 
float me a password or something. But I cannot wait to see highlights of this. I cannot wait to see mm -hmm. game photos because they, they killed it. They really did a great job. Cole Lind is going to be rocking one of these. Like, that's the kind of jersey I want! Yeah, it's going to look yeah, good. It's gonna oh, be I can't wait. So, anyway, the skate jersey's loud and proud this, this season, whether it's big Canucks or little Canucks, and it's awesome. What do you guys think? After this season, like that skate jersey, it's always has been a great jersey for the Canucks. The fans love it. They've been dying for it. Some might say it's always 94. Will it be our permanent third jersey next season? Or are we getting rid of it for good? The rumor, I know you had a little point. The rumor through the NHL was that they were looking into having um, a fourth jersey as a heritage jersey um, added to every team if they had one. In that case, then yes, you would see the Canucks with the but skate. Nobody wants to see it as a fourth jersey. Everyone I, wants to see it no as way. the primary jersey it or doesn't, the third. It doesn't need to be. I love the skate as much as any of the massive you know, nuts out there for the skate jersey. I'm cool with it being in rotation, even if it was you know five to six games a year tops. I'm cool with that. It's such a great look, and maybe eventually one day they go that way. Maybe they go again. But for now, I'm totally fine with them reintroducing it as a fourth jersey. I get that the blue and green has become their new identity. The orca's still there, the stick's there. They're still, they're still allowing it to be part of their identity. That's fine with me. If I get to see it four to six times a season, I'm happy to camp. I'm cool if they, if they were to just go, like this year, if they would have told me that this year we're, we're going to do classic skate jersey for the whole year sure i would have been totally down with that the rockets did that one year with the classic oh which was amazing jersey. it was great right it was amazing went, went right back to it the very next year yep um pittsburgh did this when they went back to the classic gold before yep. deciding that that's going to be what the jersey is full time right, right. I, I think i'm okay with like a big step but one of the cool things about vancouver is that there is just so many gray jerseys i don't want to x out um, the the blue green that real West Coast feel. I don't want to exo the skate jersey. Man, I'd love to I'd love to see the Millionaires jersey come back for a bunch of games because I think there's just so many opportunities. Agreed. Such a cool look, right? So, Agreed. Um, yeah, I don't want to see them go away. I would be really down with each jersey getting like twelve or more games. To be honest. Yeah, I mean that might be a bit much to to you know <clears throat> quarter it out for your for your season. Yeah, but the NBA does such a good job of this. They right? do, and they're you know. They're a marketer's dream for the amount of things they're able to Because to they let on. it happen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they've also got the sneakers and they've got, you know, but the jerseys, you're right. They kill it. You know, there's some teams that do a way better job than others. Um, it's cool that uh, Memphis is throwing, uh, throwing back to the Vancouver Grizzlies. They're making that work. Um, yeah, NBA, absolutely. Christmas Day jerseys, all that kind of stuff. Even the NFL, they've gone to their color rush now. And they've got kind of that new grouping of jerseys. And there's some teams that absolutely slay it. I Just think the NHL squash creativity. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You want, you're creating. You want to bring in more fans. So by all means, that's a great all idea. Means. Hey, um, favorite deadline deal. There weren't a ton of them, but there were some decent ones. There were some fun ones. Montreal made a couple of moves. Washington made a fun. I like the Kovalchuk move. Kovalchuk. I think him going to Washington, playing with Ovi, I think is really, really special. Yeah, that's sweet. And especially considering Ovi the season. Kobe, Kobe to Ovi. Yeah. yeah, it's it's very easy. I think just those two, um, obviously old countrymen together, and they're both still fairly young as mm -hmm. far as you know actual time goes. Um, if Kobe got a chance to to go for a cup this season, I think that'd be really cool. And he's having a great season. And the crazy thing is, Montreal wants him back. Like they basically said. Go try to win a cup, which I love seeing that for certain players. Yeah. You know, Ray Bork was one, and 
you know, but when you get that opportunity to go make a run and they're like, yeah, we want to resign you. I mean, Ilya Kovalchuk, was it last season when he was with LA? He was like the laughing stock of the league. Like, no, that was an absolute flop. He didn't fit that system though. And I've listened to a few of the other podcasts out there, um, whether it was, uh, I don't know if it was Spin Chicklets or Kess and Juice, and they're just saying like, you can be a great player, but if it doesn't fit that system, it really doesn't matter. Like I think Kessler was kind of saying, and you know, you can be everything to everybody, but if it just doesn't have that fit, it doesn't matter how good you are. It's just not going to work there. Yeah. And it clearly didn't work in LA, and it's which is unfortunate because there's some talent there. But uh, to see him fit on Montreal of all teams, which is a kind of a weird fit, um, and then get an opportunity to go to Washington, I bet if. If, it, if this is going to work, that could be one of the greatest trades that's made at, at the deadline. Because I think Ovechkin could absolutely use another sniper. It, it definitely has the potential. I mean, he could. There's, there's been other Russians that could shoot the puck there that have had really great seasons. So, I mean, obviously, Grady, the, the, the Foley one probably would be your favorite. I think, oh, bang for your buck, that was a great deal. It was, that was a great trade, too, um, for sure. Best, best trade that was made was probably the Wayne Simmons trade. Because it meant that Vancouver didn't have to make yeah. the move oh. to get him. No, seriously. To Buffalo. Uh, it, that, yeah, Do you see how Tampa gave, traded away two first-round picks? They yeah. traded away our conditional for, was it Goodman or Black? Brady Coleman. Yeah. Brady Coleman. Coleman and, then, yeah. and then Goodrow also got a huge pick, too. Like how? Barkley Goodrow. Like, what? Yeah. What? How does that work? See, all those deadline trades it was like really make that Toffoli trade look great. How much do you think to, the asking price to, for Toffoli would have been in the dwindling hours of the Easy, deadline? Easily a first. Which we don't have. Easily a first and probably a second or a top prospect, yeah. Yeah. which just sounds ridiculous, but you're right. That trade probably doesn't get made a week later. Mm-hmm. And it was good that Benning got in on the action early. And uh, like I said, he's he was my dude of the week. He's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I um, guess the, the Goodrow thing was, I mean, he could still turn into a pretty decent player. He's yeah. a little bit advanced in age. But I, I guess obviously they're looking for a cost-controlled contract. Because yeah. that's a real big issue. And that's one of the only downsides to Toffoli's deal. Yeah. But I mean, for what you're paying for to go on a run, that's the guy you need on your roster. And where they're at, experience. again, it, we may debate it down the road. But for you're right, for where they're at... That's a pretty great pickup, and hopefully he does resign because I think it seems like there's a little bit of a spark there. So just gotta make the playoffs. Make, make the playoffs. playoffs. Um, also, I forgot we are the PP One podcast, and we all seem to leave this to last. But uh, the power play. Our regular update on the power play. Um, the Canucks are currently at twenty four point three percent, good for fourth. Has some life lately. And the they NHL. have looked good lately. Yeah, has some life lately. I mean, uh, they right. did have a bit of a smoke show against Boston, but we only scored, I think, did we score? One, they, was they, it one, one in that game? One for three against Boston. Two eight for even strength goals. We had two and for against Montreal. Two for two against Montreal. So that definitely so ups that percentage. Um, our PK um, is kind of hung around still. It's 80.2, so we're yeah, 16th. Um, Ain't going to be the same without Tim Schaller. <laughs> well, we got, yeah, it's just... <laughs> How much time do you got? Yeah, it's, actually, it's actually not too soon. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm all over that. I, get, I like it. I like it. So the scary, thi- <laughs> the scary thing uh, that the Canucks are kind of facing right now, and it's been talked about a lot, um, is obviously the shots given up. Um, yeah. You know, as good as the Canucks have been scoring, they're one of the top teams in the league, the first and third period. Um, they do score a lot in the first. Um, 
or they get scored on a lot in the first as well. They do make up for it. Um, their late game collapses have definitely uh, kind of cost them a little bit. Um, as far as um, allowing shots, they've allowed 33.3 shots per game. It's top four or Repeated. bottom four, we, however you want to call it, um, in that category in the league. When it comes to the playoffs, right now the Canucks would be looking at potentially six teams that they could face that are going to be a full two shots below what they're shooting. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, again, 33 to 31, that's still a lot as far as an average goes, but you break that down over a bunch of games um, and you start seeing where those numbers do start to lower. Like, that's a little bit scary. The Canucks are allowing still way, way too many shots, and as good as Demko could be, um, it is, you know, Ted, you kind of joked about it yesterday. Um, I don't know if it was on Twitter or not, but they're still allowing way too many shots and they're guaranteed, you know, shot amounts almost. Oh, yeah. This, I mean, first game in as official started with Mark Schirmup, they give up a 40 burger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Too much. That's way too much. And <clears throat> they've been doing it way too often. And, you know, you play with fire, eventually you're going to get burned. And the deeper this goes, the playoffs, you're probably not going to see as many shots. You're going to see I that. I was going to go there, yeah. That first series is definitely going to be a lot more defensive, um, and you're going to see special teams uh, mount up, and that's where it's going to be won and lost. Really, it is for the whole playoffs, and I think that's where the Canucks could definitely step up. But, you know, looking at those shots, it is pretty scary because even down this stretch, they could still get buried, and they could still miss, potentially. It's probably not going to happen now. I think they have a, a decent amount of a buffer, yeah. But, uh, you know, I don't like seeing, you know, once you look at the little ticker at the top and as soon as it hits 30 and there's still 50 minutes to play in the game. I don't know. A little bit dicey. Um, I think we're getting pretty close to closing her down here, folks. Why don't we talk about the 53 power play goals for, which is now tied with Edmonton for most power play goals in the league. So, you know, not really too much to complain about on the power play on that end. Uh, you know, we've, we've been struggling a little bit lately. We picked it up this week. And, uh, yeah, we're, we have the most power play goals in the league. Again, if that's going to be something that continues. And it hasn't been lights out for them all season. They got on that hot streak to start, and it looks like it is heating up again. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it is heating up again, and this is the perfect time. Um, it's going to be tough to compete with, you know, Ted, you're looking at the Oilers lineup right now. They might have the, the fastest, fastest line, line in hockey. Oh my God, I just feel scary. bad for Connor McDavid, though. Like, I mean, you're the best player in the world, and you have to drag along Tyler Ennis and Anderson Athanaso. Yeah, Anthony, I am. I'm see you, though, is apparently super fast. Oh, Mason Raymond was super fast, though. Those blue lines got in the way, though. You all fell over them. <laughs> I think Anthony is actually going to be a really good pickup for them. Never forget. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be fine, but, I mean, it, you're thinking about the premier player in the league, and he's playing with guys who are essentially third liners mm. on other teams. Right? Well, you could say the same thing about Sidney Crosby. You could. And Sidney Crosby's got three cups. Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm going there for a comparison though to, to talk about cup wins for Connor McDavid. Mm -hmm. I was kind of just going with his current line mates. Uh, <laughs> they're just. They're not good. They're bad. Let's talk about the Canucks though. All right. I mean, I, what do you, what do you, we got one more thing. We're, we're closing out. There's a little note here, and I'm going to give uh, Brady. It I says you have some tweets. I do. Brady's got some tweets. Yeah, I got this one. I just thought it was kind of funny. Did, wait, um, did you tweet this? No, it's okay. from the guy Bailey Broadbent. Okay. Quinn Hughes leads NHL defenseman with 22 points since January 1st. Five goals, 17 assists. Trending upwards. He isn't going to win the Calder Trophy. He's already won it. <laughs> 
I think that was pretty good. Well, I also thought that about Daniel Sedin when I was at the awards in 2011, and magically Corey Perry stole it. So I, I hope I hope he, Bailey is right, um, but uh, I've cheered for the Canucks long enough that uh, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, and then by Andrew, uh, he says, honest question, why do people complain about the Canucks power play so much? It's one of the best in the league. Why? Because it's all about it's all about expectation. People people know, and the Canucks would tell you the exact same thing that they think that they can do better. When you have guys like Pedersen and Hughes and a Brock Besser or a Miller who's playing lights out this season and scoring at a great pace, guys see and people see that this power play can be better than it is. Obviously, we wouldn't pick on it so often, right? Mm-hmm. We know that it's scoring right now, but we want it to be like upper echelon. We're talking about the Washington Capitals and the Tampa Bay Lightnings of the world, and we're not there. But, I mean, we got the personnel to do it. Would you agree? If you have a Ferrari and it's running like just a Civic SI, you know, souped up, they're still both pretty good cars in their own right. But if you have that that Ferrari and it only runs to like your little Honda, you're probably going to be kind of disappointed it doesn't run like the Ferrari it's supposed <laughs> yeah. to be, right? Yeah, I think we're we're not we're not at our potential yet, and I don't think that you can be satisfied with that. And so, and you're, who was okay. who was the tweeter? What was his name again? I think his name was Andrew. Yeah, but I mean, if I don't think you should settle, is all I'm saying. Yeah, but yeah. if if we're not at our full potential yet, yeah, then in your opinion, is our full potential first in the league? Why not? I mean, if we're in the top five, it is that be. not reaching our potential? No. We're, we're, we're talking about... Uh, they have the most goals in the league on the power play. And how is that they not sh- reaching their potential? The most goals in the power play means they should have the top power play. Well, it, okay, you're looking at the power play operate on, a, on an everyday basis, and that, that nasty-ass slump that we went through, do you mm-hmm. think we're at our potential? Not through that bad slump, no, but we're still top five in the league. But, but so if you don't think, should we just rest on it? No. That's the, I think that's the point we're trying to make. All right. Yeah. It's, uh, he's right. I mean, it is a great power play, mm-hmm. but it, it we've talked about it. I mean, geez, our name is the freaking power play one. It should be a lot better, and we're expecting it because the guys on that power play are more than capable of connecting every single time. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you that guys like Ovi and Stamkos and Backstrom and Kucherov are hella frustrated. Mm-hmm when they know that the power play isn't working exactly the way that they want it to because they know they can be better. There's nothing wrong with that. Fair enough. I like it. Uh, then we got uh, another tweet. It's from Canucks BC. Uh, Remax move of the night. And he's got a photo <laughs> taken. He's got a photo taken of Coach Green just screaming at his uh, at the, at his uh, players. Yeah. Uh, it was after we were down 2 nothing. He calls a timeout. That's look smart. What, look what happens. That's uh, smart. I wish the Screaming at this team, get some... You know, green sees red, so to speak, and uh, we turn it around, win 4-3. So that was pretty sweet. That's smart. But my favorite uh, tweet actually came in today uh, from Dan Murphy. I don't know if you guys saw this. It's a video. Did he tweet at you, or these are just tweets? No, he's just it's just a tweet. like, wow, you're pretty popular these days. Yeah, I wish wish Dan Murphy would talk to me. As you should be. Um, I think we all just want to be Dan Murphy. Uh, Canucks practice has been over for 20 minutes. I saw this. And Elias Pettersson is still working on a shot while rookie Quinn Hughes is picking up the pucks. And that's great because you know what? Because he's a rookie and that's his job. Mm-hmm. Until he's a veteran, he's not above it. He's not above it, exactly. And I know that's not the reason you're getting into that, but yeah. I just wanted to bring that up because it just shows like you're still the rookie yeah. and as great as, like, you're right, he could be the caller winner. Oh, so someone has to feed the guy. If, if someone wants to stick out for extra time, 
It's like the rookie has to absolutely. stick around and pass him the puck. Absolutely. I love that. That is great. But I don't think I don't think it's for that reason. I think it doesn't hurt for Hughes do to be able to do it. Yeah, it's like the it's like rookies during training camp in football carry yeah. that that shoulder pads back. But I think all this tweet does is just solidify why we're not okay and we complain about the power play not being elite when you got a guy like Pedersen who's already an elite player on his own team and he's out there grinding and logging extra hours and working on a shot and refining his game so that he can be better, maybe to make that power play better. Yeah. Well, you could tell when he was playing Montreal, he had a, he definitely had a few chances, and he was he was pretty pretty upset with himself. There's there's still I think a couple of games for for PD that uh, he's ready to go on an absolute tear. Yeah. I just think like there's that fire. There's another five point night coming. Oh, it's you know, coming. I can yeah. just feel yeah, it. Yeah, and on that night, there will also be five assists from Quinn Hughes. There's a good chance. <laughs> Honestly, like, that would be great. Yeah, you're, sure. You're not you're not speaking crazy here. What so, are we playing the uh, Predators that game? Yeah, so they'll all be power play points too. Yeah. I think that's about it, folks, for uh, this week's episode of the PP1 podcast. Um, Please like and subscribe and rate and all that jazz. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're on, I think, Google. all those places. Anchor, if uh, Anchor is a totally uh, underrated uh, podcast for them. They're the ones that host us. So um, definitely that's the first place you'll see it uh, when it comes out later tonight. Um, myself, I am Ryan Hank at Always94. Um, you can find me writing the game day previews for Canucks Army. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm a pretty fun guy. Um, I'll be wearing my mustache suit. I've got a business thing tomorrow, so uh, check out my Instagram it's for casual that. Friday. It's it's but it's Thursday. <laughs> it's a Bon Jovi huh. Thursday's a Bon Jovi Friday. Yeah, <laughs> so it's gonna be um, so definitely enjoy that. Um, uh, we've also got my guy to the right here. Yeah, Braden Ursel. Uh, you can read my work. I'm a set expert at the Canuck Way, uh, and you can find me on Twitter at bkursel23. And you can also check out my latest podcast, The Orcapod. And I'm Ted Wong. You can find me on Twitter at T3. That's T-E-E-3-R-E-E. And that works for both Twitter and Instagram. So hit me up for a conversation. Really appreciate all the love that we're feeling from you guys. All the conversations that are coming back and forth. All of the reactions. Uh, Anytime we want to get into a conversation, you guys are always there. So keep up the great work. Like and subscribe. Oh, hell yeah. One final thing. There was one last tweet I saw. Oh, boy. As I was heading over here. And this was a great one, Ted. I, I tried to tag you in it, but you weren't actually. I don't think you got it. Um, someone asked if you had to put all three Tylers and we have four but one's injured if you had to put all three Tylers on one line what would you call it guess what my response was T3 oh. <laughs> I spelled it out the way you do it too and I tagged you in it but you never responded so my I dude like, oh, probably, I, I hope there's at least one like to that yeah, Ted didn't even one. like it. Ooh, I, didn't, I didn't get it. <laughs> no. I, didn't get I it. think it was on a Facebook. Maybe you forgot to tag yeah. him. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, remember, we'll be back next week. So, yeah, episode uh, twenty five next week. It's gonna be it's the Andrew Castles episode. Oh, he was good for a while. Yeah. yeah. Much love, peeps. See you guys. Yeah. Take care. Hey. It's your boy, Josh Elijah here, co-host of the Down by Two podcast and DB2Bets, which now drops every Friday. We wanted to break off a piece of that weekend action, so we decided to move our show over to Fridays. Now you might be asking yourself, what in the hell is even DB2Bets? Daddy, chill. What the hell is even that? Well, DB2Bets is our sports betting show that is powered by Betstamp. We use the Betstamp app to find the best odds available across all different sports books. And be sure to tune in every Friday and follow along with our picks. Or don't use our picks. Do the opposite. It's your life. Make your own decisions. Just make sure you line shop and please gamble responsibly.
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.